Broadcasting from the financial capital of the world, this is NBRFM, New York City. Welcome, I'm Sal G. Ingrasso here on NBRFM. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, our guest is Jan McAuley. He's back. Hi, Jan. How are you? Good, Sal. How are you, how are you today? I'm doing just great. Jan, uh, who's a regular at this time uh, on Thursday morning, is the owner at Strength-Based Leadership in Sykesville, Maryland. And uh, Jan, uh, as I always do, uh, let's start out with telling folks where they can find you on the web. Absolutely. They can go to, <clears throat> excuse me, strengthbasedleadership, all one word, dot net, <clears throat> and they can find me there. And so it's just strengthbasedleadership.net and they can find me and my website, but they can also email me directly at J-L-M-A-K-E-L-A at gmail.com. Very good, Jan. And uh, is there a phone number they could reach you at, too? Absolutely. Uh, 410-443-8341. Very good. Thank you for that. Uh-huh. And uh, you could also reach Jan right here today, 631-406-9054 is our number, and uh, Jan will uh, take your call. So call us in, we'll put you on the air, and you can ask uh, Jan your question. He is an expert in uh, business management uh, techniques and so forth. And uh, if you could, before we uh, delve deeply into today's topic, Jan, can you just tell the folks uh, what you do over at Strength-Based Leadership, how you do it, and uh, what your goals are there? My goals at Strength-Based Leadership is to help teams, organizations uh, improve performance, first of all, because that's why organizations exist, is to do something, be it for-profit or non-profit, whatever, and also with individuals and their professional development. I help them find uh, what they're really, really good at, and we help them do more of it through, through their strengths and help organizations uh, as well uh, improve uh, engagement of their employees and help them reduce turnover or sick days or uh, whatever those uh, negative things are. We help them uh, get better performance and better employee engagement, reduce turnover, all of those uh, types of things. And through most of it's through positive feedback and give, helping employees uh, do more of what they do well. Okay, very good. That's a very uh, succinct way of putting it, Jan. And today the topic is uh, uh, the trend in, uh, in, in companies these days uh, away from the typical manager. I'm going to let Jan explain what he means by that. Go ahead, Jan. Yeah. Uh, I was first reading uh, an article on, or I got a, an email about a book that's coming out. It's called It's the Manager, and it'll be out, in, I believe, in May. And in reading about it briefly, because... Uh, it dawned on me that the world is moving away from the pure I'm the manager concept and we're moving toward coaches and and coaching employees instead of managing employees. And it's been a trend that's been going on for numerous years, but it's now becoming more succinct and, and in the world because the workplace has changed and it's the agile workplaces and uh, agility in the workplaces. And when you have managers who are coaches, uh, that you're able to respond quicker and better than you have when the traditional uh, manager was in the role. And when I do this with organizations, I talk about um, everybody has a coach in the world. Uh, you think of baseball, football, basketball, any sport, and everybody has a coach at some level, be it from little league, you know, to from peewee, you know, baseball, all the way up through the professionals. Everybody has a coach at some time. And then when I get to organizations and I say to the managers, so you have coaches, right? And the answer is no. 
And I said, well, who's helping you become more, you know, more like a coach? Because that's the world is moving to. And the answer is nobody. And so one of the things that I do is help organizations, you know, work toward more being a coach. And it's vital for organizations to start thinking in the term of coaching your employees and having uh, those type of relationships with your employees versus just being the, you know, the, the, uh, manager of the past. And because he or she is a dying breed and you see that in organizations, uh, many managers don't see it coming and you all of a sudden they find themselves being replaced by a more agile organization where coaches are desired versus managers. And many organizations today are putting in management development programs for their managers with coaching being the focus versus just the traditional manager uh, focuses. Let's and talk about I, the, the pros- yeah. present crop of managers uh, just for a second yeah. here, Jan. Sure. Uh, is this going to mean a, a major reversal in the way uh, they have to work in many cases? Uh, not really. It's how they work It doesn't, uh, and how they do their relationships with with, with their teams. It doesn't matter whether you're customer service, IT, um you know, construction, uh, whatever it is, it's industry you're in, it's how you work with, with the people that you're responsible for or you're working with. And a lot of it starts self, with some simple things. What and how are you communicating? And I know when I go into organizations, the number one problem is usually communication or the lack thereof. And, and I have a performance gap indicator that I use when, with organizations. And organizations, I had a CEO tell me last uh, a couple weeks ago, he said, oh, our, well, we're doing well. And I said, how do you know? And uh, he said, well, you know, our, our financials are strong and all that. And I said, those are all lagging indicators. They don't tell you how you're really going to, what's going to drive those numbers in the future. And one of the questions that we look at is what and how is, is things are being communicated. And I know that the number one problem in most organizations is, the uh, communication or the lack thereof, what is being communicated and, uh, or how it's, and how it's being communicated. So that's one of the first things managers have to understand is what and how they're communicating to their teams. And they think, uh, because I've been doing it this way for, you know, however long, that that's, uh, works going forward. And when I show them the gap from their employees' perspective, the employees usually say, I would like better communication from my manager. And so it's kind of a eye-opener for the manager that sees he or she is not an effective communicator as, they, as much as they think they are. I have a family member who's going through this with their organization right now, and communication is coming up to be the number one problem, and it's a highly successful organization. Jan, let so, me ask you a question. Um, yeah. How much does a growing diversity in the workspace uh, necessitate this uh, change in focus toward more communication rather than uh, command and control? Cool. It's, you'll see it. Well, in in the workforce, if your workforce is 35 and younger, which is the workforce of the future, the millennials are the dominant uh, demographic in the workforce uh, coming into play today as the baby boomers are retiring out and moving away from the workforce. They're replaced with or being replaced by the millennials, and they are moving up through the organizations now. And so the millennials do not respond to command and control of the uh, type of management. And they respond to somebody who takes an interest in them and coaches them. And one of the things you'll see with millennials, for example, is they want development. Help me with my career. Help me do this function better. Just don't say get it done by 5 o'clock. They say 
I'm not there, you're not there to do it for them, but you're there to make take down any obstacles, if you will, to keep them from doing you know quality work. And so it's a changing focus in the organizations about how to coach uh, uh, employees. And I say to managers and supervisors, do you have a coach and somebody that can help you to realize your strengths and what you how you could coach better to your employees and have not only be more impactful for your employees, but they want to be where you are. And so when I've done that for organizations and managers, they say, wow, I, you know, thank you very much. And they, and no, once they see it, they understand it and they have experience with it. They don't want to go back to the old, you know, old standard way of doing things because right. it's actually a better working relationship between the managers and, super, and employees. You know, Jen, I could understand how this could be very useful in private industry, but still, you know, just, just to ask a devil's advocate kind of question sure. here. What about in jobs that traditionally have a command and control structure? And I'm going to go out on a limb and say police departments. I mean, how does this new coaching fit in with the police department when the Sarge tells you, you know, uh, patrol this particular area and, uh, you know, uh, do this and do that? It works in police departments and works in the military. I'll give you an example is the the, uh, is the SEALs, Navy SEALs, uh, every commander in a Navy SEAL, they don't go out on every you know, every mission with, with those teams, but they know the strengths of those teams and they have trained those teams as well and how they can work in coaching them up for better performance within those, those, that group. And there are coaches, self coaches in those teams. Uh, in the, what last year I worked with the police department, uh, countywide here in, uh, in Maryland and it was, the topic was specifically this, the command and control. Um, they had a lot of turnover, and because the younger police officers uh, were not getting any feedback about how to do their job, uh, and they're only getting caught when they're doing it wrong or making mistakes or those kinds of things. And so through that, we, we, were, we trained up the uh, leadership, if you will, of the police department and help them work with their, with their policemen. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that the guys or the ladies don't have to go out and, you know, and patrol given neighborhoods or do those. They just have to do the function. It's how we help them do the function. And, uh, you will see that everybody responds to it. It's, it's just me spending time with you, Sal. And I care about you as a person, and what can I do to help you with the mindset of that? It's just not me telling you, you know, go patrol, you know, uh, those blocks or that perimeter or whatever it happens to be. And so when you work, you know, from that perspective, uh, you see a more positive outcome. Doesn't this mean, though, that uh, everybody's job is going to change, even upper management, because they're going to have to make sure the folks in the middle are actually doing this? Absolutely. And when I do it for organizations, I have one coming up here in a, couple of weeks where I'm doing with an organization and in the uh, proposal that we worked out uh, with them, I we put in there if the leadership is not in room I'm not doing it because uh, I said save the money because nothing's going to change from a leadership perspective if those who are in charge are not there because it has to be driven uh, to, through the organization and uh, I had one last year where we, a company had ungodly turnover and um there was about 84% turnover, and that is unacceptable. And this is a manufacturing firm. And uh, after I sat with the 22 managers for a day, it only took me one day to get, help them get started. I didn't do the work for them. They had to come up with their as a group, but their turnover four months later was down to 10%. And so it's you organizations can do it, police right. departments. I'm doing a nonprofit for a library group um, 
early in April. And so it, it, uh, States have done it. Uh, Rhode Island, being an example, has moved to strength-based uh, coaching and so forth right. for their manager and supers, and they've seen the positive effect at the state level. So Jan, it, it works. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it seems uh, that the statistics have proved that out. Jan, we have a caller yeah. on the line would like sure. to ask you a question. Can I put them on? Sure, absolutely. Hi, what's your question? What's your name and your question for Jan McAlook? Hi, how are you? My name's Chris. Uh, my question is, uh, does the trend to coaching mean department heads need some technical know-how instead of just general management teams? I, uh, if I heard the question correctly, and you can talk, do department heads need technical know-how, or can they just, you know, can somebody just slide into that role that has no knowledge in that, you know, in that? Area. Jan, what um, I what I heard was, uh, do you have to be an expert in the area? In other words, yeah, uh, yeah. do you if you're a sales manager someplace, do you have to really know how to do sales? Or if you're working in a body shop, can they just take somebody yeah. in there and uh, uh, just uh, throw right. them in? Right. Uh, it, it can be done. It takes somebody with some talent to be able to do that, particularly. Uh, but you want somebody that that can have the skills for the body shop or the sales management role to, you know, into those kinds of things, some of the experiences. For example, with sales managers, many people who are great salespeople get promoted to sales management, but they're not good sales managers. And you see that, uh, that you got promoted because you're the number one sales guy or you're next, you're the number one, you know, person for fixing fenders or whatever it happens to be, but you're not a great manager of people. And so, um, you like to have somebody that has experience in that role. And I, when I come into coaching and people and helping people, I have no knowledge of what they do in some of those different industries I work with. And I have, I, so when I work with coaches or managers, I say, we tell me what you do. And then I work with some of the people and they tell me what they do. And I find the people who do it best. And I say, here's the people who are going to do it best. And they become my model for, for other people. So um, it, you'd like to have some experience in the industry for sure uh, as you're working in, uh, but it doesn't have to be specific to to uh, a given role. I've been a manager in different things, everything from sales management to operations to customer service. I did not have experience in operations per se when I became the head of operations for an organization, but I had good people there that I could count on, and we trained them and helped them do their job. Okay, thank you uh, for the call, uh, Chris, and uh, we appreciate that. Uh, Jan Makala, uh, when we get back uh, after our break, uh, I want to continue this uh, uh, discussion about the uh, changing roles uh, uh, for managers uh, as we move ahead, and we will be back with more from Jan Makala right after this. Are you one of the millions of Americans suffering from chronic joint or muscle pain? If so, get to the source of your pain. Orthopedic Physical Therapy Incorporated. Located at 2000 Bremo Road, Suite 202 in Richmond, Virginia, Orthopedic Physical Therapy specializes in getting to the source of your chronic aches and pains through one-on-one, -on -one individualized treatments, including hands-on manual therapy. Orthopedic Physical Therapy uses the most up-to-date and effective methods to treat musculoskeletal dysfunction, back pain, pelvic pain, or any other chronic ailments that you just can't seem to shake. Not to mention, Orthopedic Physical Therapy is proud to be one of the first clinics in the state of Virginia to offer trigger point dry needling. For more information about our products and services, visit our website at www.orthopedicptinc.com or dial 804 285 
888-888-0148. You don't have to live with chronic aches and pains. Improve your quality of life and get back in the game with orthopedic physical therapy, where we get to the source of your pain. Every business needs professionals they can trust. Let it be your lawyer, accountant, electrician. Even the company plumber are all people you can trust. So why are you settling for your printer vendor? They never respond to your questions, and when they do, it's always late. Always seems to take an eternity to get your printing done and ready, but you've dealt with it because there really wasn't another alternative. That is until now, Max Image Printers. Take the worry out of your printing needs. As a hybrid company, both on website and phone, they welcome clients, businesses of all sizes, to call and ask questions to make as many orders as you need with the confidence of having your work printed, beautiful, and ready in just a few business days. Bring the trust back into your printing. Maximize your printing experience with Maxim Image Printing. Call now at 801-977-8330. Email Keith at maximage.net. Visit the website, maximage.net. Max Image Printing, quality service, guaranteed. If you're not happy, you don't pay. Broadcasting from the financial capital of the world, this is NBRFM, New York City. And we're back with Jan Makala, the owner at Strength Based Leadership in Sykesville, Maryland. And his website is strengthbasedleadership.net. And uh, Jan, I have a question for you here. When we're talking about this uh, trend towards uh, coaching on the part of managers, is, is it the sort of thing that you want to give somebody the cliff notes, like to do this right, do this Try this, try this, or is it more important to explain it in terms of the uh, the overall goals that the company is seeking so that uh, when you're, you're coaching people and showing them a better way perhaps to do something, that there's really a reason it needs to be done that way? Uh, your latter one is the correct way, and it starts with the organization and the vision and the mission. Why does this organization exist? And the coaches and the managers and the, who are moving to being coaches, it's always with that in mind that this is why the organization exists and helping them to, to achieve. The younger worker, um, the millennial, if you will, wants to work org- in organizations where there's a purpose or a cause or a belief. And so why does your organization exist? Something bigger than the individual. And they respond to purposes and, you know, why does this organization exist? And you see it in nonprofits. Uh, when I work with a nonprofit, everybody knows why that nonprofit exists, whatever it is that they, they, uh, they do. But they have less turnover in nonprofits typically because everybody wants to be there because they believe what the organization believes. And that's one of the things that organizations move to, especially with coaches, is here's what we believe, here's why we exist, and here's how we operate, and those kinds of things from coming down from the top. And it makes life easier then for the coaches, the managers, because it's always coaching to the same thing. Everybody understands why it, why it is, why it exists, and why I come to help you, so it's not me. I'm trying to help you improve the performance based on what the organization's goals and expectations and those types of things are. So it's it's done with that purpose in mind that it's when I come into organizations and I sit with a group or team, I may talk to them all individually before we get to a group and I say, uh, why does this group exist? And well, I'm not kidding you, but most people don't know. Yeah. And they say, they just say, well, you know, I'm here to get a paycheck and make widgets or whatever it happens to be. And, uh, so when I, you know, I say, when we go around a team, I never get the same answer from everybody. And so one of the first things is get everybody on the same page, why we exist and what are we doing? And it's an eye opener for the, 
for the managers or leadership when they find out that, uh, you know, their people will make widgets, but they aren't engaged in making widgets per se. They're just rotely doing it. And so, but when they say, here's why we exist and the purpose of cause and belief that's bigger than themselves, they say, ah, that's something I believe in and or can uh, be part, want to be part of and their performance and Come goes up, sick days go down. Uh, for example, turnover goes down when that it happens. So um, it's it's uh, it's a continuum of things. And when I do the coaching for it, if you know if, if one of your listeners emailed me said I want to talk to you about coach, you know being my coach, it's a free call. I'm not going to you know I'll give them the uh, starting advice, and if they want to go forward with me, it's fine. It's, it's a work for a fit. If I can't help them, I'll tell them, hey. I just, it's not my wheelhouse or it's not something I have, can help you with or expertise, but if I can, I'll help them going forward and, and developing the skills based on what they do well and their strengths. And, uh, I don't try to turn somebody into doing it my way because quite frankly, they can't. And that was one of the hard things I had to learn was I had to, I could take Sal's ideas, but I couldn't do it Sal's way. You know, I had to find my own verbiage and communication and those kinds of things. And so if I tried to do it your way, I was probably going to be mediocre at best with it. So I have to find how best to do it. And that's where I help you is find out what you do best and how you work best. And then we help you do that function based on what your strengths are. Chan, as part of the the broader conversation about this, this uh, uh, change in the way uh, management uh, is going to be conducted, are the major universities, the business schools, and so forth, are they already uh, adopting these kind of things for the for the uh, uh, you know uh, students of today in business courses and uh, uh, you know to to get them into the swing of this? Uh, yes, I can give you some examples. Purdue University, uh, University of Nebraska, uh, come off the top of my head. Uh, numerous other ones. I just happen to have those two on the top of my head. But there are many many universities who are moving. Uh, have courses or development courses in in this regard uh, now because it it is a course that people respond respond to and the traditional management that they've taught and when I went through grad school uh, we had spent little time if any time on how to manage people it was all on you know the hard numbers and you know all the kinds of things that you can you know think about in finance and you know manufacturing whatever else that we did. But now organizations and universities are putting these into play because it's they recognize it's something that's uh, needed in in schools. So if you didn't have it in or haven't been getting it in in college or high school or whatever, um, it's you know it is something that uh, organizations are now doing on their own because organization development is uh, becoming a crucial. One of the things that we've, that we've learned is is that when you graduate high school or college or whatever, your learning does not stop. It's actually just the start. And continuous learning in organizations is becoming, you know, crucial and to organizations. I read a quote from a colleague that, uh, that reminded me of it, is I'm not, if I wanted to hire Sal uh, today, I could hire somebody for less money than Sal to do the function. I'm hiring Sal because of what he brings for the future. Mm-hmm. And you have you have skills or talents that, as we grow as an organization or change, that we can count on you or have you or help you, you know, to the roles in the future. And so, good organizations now have development plans in place to help orga- people in their organizations 
be prepared and move as the organizations change. They have people in places that can change with the organizations. And so um, the idea that I graduated high school or I graduated, you know, college and my, you know, education is, you know, is done. Uh, no, it's it's you now have continuing education or quinti- organizational development is critical in organizations today. Jan, I'm going to present you with a scenario here. It's it's fictional, but I'd just like to get your thoughts on it. Let's say someone is leading a department and they're knocking the ball out of the park. They're they're just doing they're hitting on all cylinders, doing great. But the manager uh, does not uh, subscribe to this idea that he needs to be a coach. He's not comfortable with it. He's not interested in doing it. What happens to that manager? Does he or he or she get uh, gradually phased out, or is that then for the next tier of management to start to coach him? Uh, it's if in the organizations those managers who have been knocking it out of the park and been doing it their way and being successful for you know periods of time, they when they sit down and they see I have a. a what we call a performance gap indicator, and they will get feedback from their direct reports. It's anonymous, and they will see that what they think of is that you know, they're really knocking it out of the park. They may be doing it on the sales numbers or customer service, you know, uh, work or whatever those those things are. But when they see it, and they understand, they see how they can do it better with less hassle and have, as I say, better quality of life for themselves. Um, they they get on board. I've never had anybody who said I'm not going to do it. it they, some of them take a little longer to get there mm-hmm. um, because you know it's just we're all human beings. And uh, if I've, if you've been successful doing it your way for 20 years, and for me to come in and say tomorrow you have to do it differently, uh, that's not going to go down well. And so some of it's self realization. And I have a, a way of when, when we work together, I I talk to you and, and we find what you value as a person and what your beliefs and what you like and desires and so forth. And then we say, let's help you coach people from what you're really good at. And mm-hmm. when they find out they can do it an easier way and have a, what I call work-life balance instead of you know burning the midnight oil all the time to be so successful, and they have success doing it, they, uh, they find, you know, they find religion, if you will. You know, Jen, another point is language counts. And what about the semantics of this? Are companies changing the role, the name of manager to things like team leader or or something less that suggests it's more of a coaching role than of yeah. someone managing? Absolutely. You see that across the organization today that, you know, it's the, it's the customer service team. It's the sales team. It's the, you know, administrative team, whatever it happens to be. And so you don't see, you know, uh, or you see people now calling team leaders and, and those, you know, uh, are becoming more, I guess, terminology that you see more common in, in, uh, in organizations. You know, you're the manufacturing team leader or you're the customer service team leader. And so you see those kinds of, you know, of terminologies becoming more into play in, in organizations. Absolutely. Yeah, because uh, it, it seems that uh, if, if you're going to use uh, uh, the old titles, uh, it's not as easy to implement the new mood. Correct. You know, because everybody hangs on, well, he's still the manager. And so if, I, if we right. change it to team leader and he's leading of the team, everybody gets the messages, you know, that it's now a 
more of a team atmosphere working together versus I'm the boss and you know you just do it my way. And so it's it's a it's a mind shift for sure, and it takes some people some an organization some time to it. Culture does not change overnight, and so for it, it takes time for people to recognize it, adopt it, have success with it, and want to do more of it. And is there going to be this coaching uh, between departmental lines? Let's say uh, uh, you have a team leader in this end and a team leader in that end. Are they going to cross pollinate and give each other ideas? You see that in many organizations. Um, that you, one of the things that many organizations do, they assign mentors to their managers. All managers have mentors, and um, throughout the organization. And I worked in one where we we did that, and I was fortunate enough to be part of the group that set that up. But everybody was assigned a mentor, and it wasn't always somebody in your in your usual sphere. You know, it, it could be somebody in a different department, or and you were allowed <coughs> to. Pick a mentor uh, to help you. Somebody you admired, somebody you trusted, somebody you you uh, knew that could you know, possibly help you, and into the role. And you and you went to that person. Said, "Hey, would you mind being my mentor?" And it could be mostly there were always people who were senior to yourself in a different department role. And so uh, some of them were peer mentors. Um, we did that for all new managers. Every new manager had a, a mentor that was a. a, a a peer, if you will, or within that that team or that group, and for some, so to help them become acclimated in whatever the role was. So I guess uh, as uh, society in general evolves, uh, uh, so will the workplace as we go uh, uh, from this uh, trend towards uh, uh, coaching and uh, not managing staff. Yeah, exactly, and it's, you see it. Um, uh, with remote workers, uh, which we talked about on a previous uh, version of the, a couple of weeks ago, and with remote workers, and you have to coach them, and and how you do that from people that you can't see, and so you see it uh, in the gig economy. It's coaching your those people who are going to do whatever it is for you in the gig economy, and versus just telling them here's what I want done, and so you see it transforming throughout throughout industries a bit. Uh, private industry or government work or whatever it happens to be, uh, organizations are moving in that direction. He's Jan Makala, the owner at Strength-Based Leadership in Sykesville, Maryland. And Jan, as we uh, wrap up uh, today's session, could you please tell everybody how to uh, uh, get in touch with you through your website, your email, your phone, social media, whatever? Uh, If you want me to have a personal call with no cost, you can just uh, email me at jl. M A K E L A at gmail dot com. You can call me at four ten four six five eighty three forty one, or you can go to strengthbasedleadership.net dot net and you can contact me through that as well. And I will spend ten twelve minutes with you on the phone. And if I can help you out, well, I'll say I can help you. And if I say I can't help you, or it's not a fit for either of us, um, we can. To, you know, part part ways, and so it's no obligation if you have people who would like to become better at coaching employees versus just being a manager of employees. Jan Makala, thank you so much. It's always great speaking with you. I look okay. forward to our uh, session next time, okay? All right. Thank you, Sal. Thank you. And uh, we'll have more coming up. Broadcasting from the financial capital of the world, this is NBRFM, New York City.